Hi, this is By Its Cover, one marriage's journey through movie night using only the covers of films found on streaming services. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Eggleston. And I'm Brie Eggleston. And uh, this is, what, day one Plague Edition recording? <laughs> yep. Uh, we are finding ourselves in the midst of a little bit of a quarantine situation due to COVID-19, so y'all are going to be hearing a lot of us. <laughs> Uh, our, both of our jobs are kind of like, you should not be around people, and so you should stay home. Yeah. So, a lot of movie nights, stretching into movie days, <laughs> sometimes movie noons. Anyways, we're going to be producing a lot of episodes in the foreseeable future, so listen to them all, because I bet you're probably all at home bored. And... Yeah, what else have you got besides Netflix, right? <laughs> Just you and your hoarded toilet paper rolls and ramen packets. <laughs> Guess what our snacks are going to be? <laughs> Cup of noodles all day. <laughs> oh, that is we depressing. Laugh, but it, it is a really serious situation, and I hope that I hope that it um, yeah, isn't uh, awful. I mean, it's already awful because people have passed away, but... Yeah, and I hope, like, you're practicing good social distancing. I think we need to rebrand social distancing. It needs to be called self-care. Oh, yeah. Just, like, take care of yourself during this time. Wash hands. I hope that you all got lots of bath bombs before this started. I know people were focused on toilet paper and, and Clorox wipes, but, you know, self-care during self-care is good self-care. Uh, well, you treat yourself. This is your moment to have, like, a mud mask day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one of those for us. We could we could do that. And we're not doing a self-care podcast, but here we are. We are going to be doing a movie. Yes! Uh, I'm... Not optimistic, but I am excited. Oh, really? Yeah. So we are going to be covering 1991's Nothing But Trouble. Correct. Because of a podcast that is much, much more famous than us. Oh, and, for sure. And better all around. <laughs> I mean, they are pretty freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, last podcast on the left has kind of a running inside joke about Nothing But Trouble. They named one of their tours the Nothing But Trouble Tour. <laughs> And I realized I have laughed at these jokes. And for the longest time, I was always felt like that friend that had just like walked in on the group laughing at a joke and just started <laughs> laughing, too, with no reason. I was like, I've never seen this movie. Though I looked at the cover. I think I saw this when I was like six. Yeah, I, I remember seeing this a very, very, very long time ago. I don't necessarily have any true memories of it. So I do think that we will be able to draw uh, judge it by its cover. Uh, other than a, a deep sense of there's a scene that makes me very uncomfortable in it. And I can't remember the scene whatsoever. I just know at one point during this movie, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Is this going to become a Gerald's Game unreleased episode? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because Demi Moore is in this and I love Demi Moore. Okay. If you don't get the reference, you never will, folks. Because we, uh, we're we going to do the film Gerald's Game that was on Netflix. It was yeah. a Stephen King adaptation of the story. And uh, we watched it. We no. got about we got about fifteen minutes in, and Bree's like, "I don't want to judge this anymore." No, I, she tapped. I did. I was like, "Babe, babe, I cannot watch this." And he goes, "Oh, okay." And he went to turn it off. And I'm like, "No, but I still need to know what happens." So you need to fast forward to the end where they have the two minute wrap up scene that they always do in horror slash thriller movies. And so he did for me. Yeah, and then I had to go back and like try to piece it together via fast forward and be like, oh. But then you remembered you'd read the book, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so not anyways. Great. Uh, so, yeah, we're hoping this isn't a Gerald's game. We don't want anyone to tap. Uh, I don't remember it, and I, we need to find out if it was just I was too young, mm-hmm. or if this is like a repressed childhood memory thing. <laughs> well, we're going to find out tonight. Yeah, though I am, this cover uh, has got some who, who who's who's of comedy greats on it. Yeah. Who's whom's? Who, whom's whom's? Oh, God, school's been who, canceled for who? like one day. I'm already dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you some enrichment learning, babe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Starting with nothing but trouble. Kevin, do you want to describe the cover or do you want me to? You know, I will I will try here. So we have a vulture sitting on a pile of bones. Yep. What looks like a junkyard with a decrepit mansion in the background. Yes. Above that is the thing that's got me, or the things that have got me most excited. Things uh, being people. Yeah. Pe- <laughs> people are, I shouldn't treat people like objects. <laughs> Um, that's what my therapist says. Uh, <laughs> oh, just kidding. I can't afford health insurance for mental health <laughs> issues. Uh, we have Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have Steve Martin. Or no, that's not Steve no, Martin. No, that's Dan Aykroyd. That's Dan Aykroyd. I, I saw white hair and old guy and I was like, Steve Martin. <laughs> no, he's, he's just wearing no, an old man Dan costume. Dan Aykroyd wearing old man suit. Uh, John Candy dressed in a cop's outfit. Yep. Okay. Dan Aykroyd though, gotta say, looks like, um... If Colonel Sanders was also a creepy uncle. Kind of mixed with Biff Tannen from... Yeah. Back Back to the Future. That is. Was 1991? That was around Back to the Future too, right? I don't know which Back to the Future it was, but I know it was in that time range. But like old Biff Tannen? Like, was that the level of old man makeup? Like, we couldn't Benjamin Button it a little bit better? (laughs) There wasn't the the computer stuff that there is now. With John Candy as a cop. Yeah. And I'm really depressed that everyone made fun of John Candy for being a fat cop or like a fat comedian. And I'm like, he's not that big. <laughs> also, he looks kind of svelte in this. Yeah. And then Demi Moore. Yeah. With the most 90s haircut I can imagine. It's like a poofy pixie cut. But then she's wearing some stunning pearls and like almost like a nice dinner dress. It's like if a middle-aged soccer mom stuck her finger in a light socket she looks very stunned in this though yeah and well everyone kind of like everyone's looking in a different direction Mm -hmm. uh chevy chase and demi moore are looking confused and baffled yep john candy is looking smarmy smug smug yeah and then dan Aykroyd looks like again like if uncle fester was on megan's list yeah, he, he looks like he stole some cookies from the cookie jar and got away with it. That feels very euphemistic. I didn't mean it to me. I, I meant like literally stole the cookies. I know, but it, I think that downplays the level of creepiness. That it I'm... is super creepy. Okay, perfect analogy. Okay, tell me. Dan Aykroyd looks like old man Beavis. Oh. From Beavis and Butthead. You can tell me you can't look at that picture and not imagine him saying he needs TV for his bunghole. Uh, oh, I did not. And I do not like Beavis and Butthead. Well, you don't have to, to agree with the analogy. I mean, I guess we could let you decide on that because I don't have enough. I'm showing you the picture here. Oh, it. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I can see the semblance. Yeah. The resemblance? Semblance? 
I don't know. Words are tough. They are. It's like uh, in this new wasteland. 10, 1041 at night. And it's been a long week already. But we're it doing has. this because we got excited and we want to uh, know what the heck last podcast on the left is talking about. Well, I usually wonder what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> uh, that's not a shots fired moment. It's just sometimes they're a lot smarter than me. <laughs> we learn from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Bree, any guesses what Nothing But Trouble's plot is going to be involving? I get the feeling that Chevy Chase and Demi Moore are a married couple, and they're going to either inherit this mansion, or they're going there for a honeymoon, and it's just going to be a horror story. I'm thinking horror comedy. Yep, yep. Uh, I think trying to make a 90s version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't think there will be any music. Well, now now I've made myself sad. Also, like John Candy's no meatloaf. Oh, that's so, true. So conversely, <laughs> I was going to say I meatloaf would turn around and be like meatloaf is no, no John, John Candy. Candy. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> not mute. But what if he is? What if he has a beautiful singing voice? I guess we're going to find out. Um, Potentially. Because yeah. we know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't, John Candy, though, good guy, bad guy? Uh, I I think he'll end up being a good guy. You think he's going to be a good guy? I'm going to go bad guy. Really? I'm going to go evil Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons. I am just dropping references. I don't like The shows. Simpsons either. I know. You have terrible opinions about most things. I didn't like Rocco's Modern Life either. You know what I like? Bob's Burgers. Cool. Cool. Uh, no, it just it's fun when somebody and we takes... just watched Castlevania and The Dragon Prince, and those were both good cartoons. I was gonna say, are you just naming cartoons? Yeah, at this no, point, it's cool. If somebody takes your childhood and just like I'm just gonna tell you that you were wrong all along. Clarissa explains it all. Way to point out that I was a child that grew up without cable. <laughs> Privilege up in here. <laughs> uh, that wasn't on the Rabbit Ears station. <laughs> TGIF Fridays up in my house. No, this was. <laughs> My childhood, uh, this is why it was, I was a nerd. It's because my parents were both teachers. The only time I had access to cable is when my mom would stay late at work and I'd get to watch TV for her way to like try to shut me up. <laughs> it was the only time I ever got to watch cable until that I was considered like a gift 16. of public funds. <laughs> that was it. That was a public school joke. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's cool. We're already like this niche <laughs> podcast. Let's just go further. We're like, no, the only people that are really going to enjoy this episode are people that are in public school, like terrible movies, and can tolerate our voices. <laughs> I think we have very lovely voices. I like your sexy, gravelly voice. Well, shit. Now I seem like the petty one. Yeah. Thanks a lot, babe. Now okay. we know how you feel about my well, voice. Well, <laughs> now I'm in everything except for not in trouble. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready to go watch this movie? Let's do this. All right, we'll see you soon. See you in a bit. And we're back. Yes, we are. We just finished watching Nothing But Trouble from 1991, did you say? 1991, we were five. Yeah, we were, well, depending on the time that it came out, but let's not get into semantics. <clears throat> so let's get into some antics about this movie. <laughs> oh, puns. Uh, Kevin, what did you think? First off, uh, I had a PB and J, and you had 
Nothing. Disappointment? Oh, did you have nothing to eat for this? Did you have nothing but trouble? Yeah. For <laughs> watching this? Snacks? Yeah, yeah. No. Um, well, it was also like 11 at night. <laughs> Look, I'm a man of routine. <laughs> Midnight snack it I feel was. feel like you're coming at me a little strong right now. <laughs> but we have traditions. Yep. Uh, nothing but trouble. How do we sum up what this movie is? It was, we were both kind of right. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely trying to be a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, I, mm, Rocky Horror Picture Show was so good, and this was so not. I think you're watching Rocky Horror Picture Show with some, some nostalgia glasses. That may be the case, but uh, <laughs> I will fully own it. Um, it was definitely the horror comedy that you thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, light on horror, tried light on comedy. Really. Yeah, um, it's it's a movie about uh, some very wealthy New Yorker socialites going to New Jersey. Valkavin? Um, no, uh, Valkavania. Valkavania. There we go. I I knew it sounded like something like a. 13-year-old's D&D campaign name. <laughs> like, oh, no, is there going to be vampires here? No, it's Valkyvania. That's different than Transylvania. <laughs> Shut up. It's unnecessary uh, apostrophes in the names. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyways, they go, and it's this fish-out-of-water story about them adapting or, like, getting caught up in nothing but trouble. Yeah. I'm going to say that a lot. Well, it's this. just, and Demi Moore actually says it in the movie. It's one of her lines. It is. When she hops on the weird bed and is like, well, this has been nothing but trouble. Oh, she says Chevy Chase is nothing but trouble oh. after she makes out with him. Yeah, which was a really weird transition to a makeout because, like, she was kind of crying and then all of a sudden she was all up in his grill. Yeah, and I was like, well, I kind of sympathize with the boyfriend that dumps her at the start of this movie. Yeah. That's the, the level of, like, sanity she brings to this. I'm not saying, like, she's wrong. I'm just saying. Mm. I was also very uncomfortable with Chevy Chase's trying, like, he was supposed to be, like, the romantic lead. And that they were trying to portray him as sexy. I'm like, ugh. Ugh. I don't know. Clark Griswold can get it. <laughs> you know who would have been better in this? What? Henry Cavill. Oh. <laughs> I want a remake. I mean, how old was he in 1991? <laughs> Definitely not old enough to be a lead in a movie. Well, I'm not saying, like, cast him, take a time machine, get then Henry Cavill in the movie. <laughs> there is no way this movie would ever get remade because it was a freaking hot mess. Uh, I think you're being very unfair to it. Um, really? It was... It was kind of crazy because you're like you're watching somebody like clearly this is somebody's like passion project. It's it was there. Dan Aykroyd's yeah. passion project. Like, he loves this so he much. He wrote it, directed it, produced it, and starred in it. Yeah, he just he loves it so much, and like there's part of me that just admires that the tenacity on some of it. Like, well, man, you never compromised your vision. Or what's worse is like. What if this is the compromise project? Well, and I was reading the trivia about this because I was just so confused how it got made. Um, apparently, he pitched it to the studios and they said yes, but they couldn't find anybody that was willing to direct it because the two people they had asked read the script and were like, oh, hell no. And so Dan Aykroyd's like, okay, well, I'll direct it. And so he wore four different hats in this movie and it was uh, pretty evident that he was 
you know what this reminded me of? Hmm. And maybe it's it's uh, representative of just kind of like Dan Aykroyd, where his familiarity was. It reminded me of those movies that are SNL characters that get full feature movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Superstar. Yeah, it very much felt like, like it's a sketch that got stretched into 90 minutes of movie. Yeah. Um, because that's definitely, like, if you told me, oh, yeah, we're going to cast Dan Aykroyd as this, like, 106-year-old judge. Yeah. Um, that's created, like, a fiefdom, essentially. Yeah, like, he, he's, he's oh, got a degree. it's called a shire. He's got a, a degree in engineering. Yes. And because the, they make a big deal out, or they make a comment about that, and then, like, everything's this Rube Goldberg-esque murder machines. Yeah. Out there. I mean, granted, there could be a really good movie in there. I'm just going to say, remake it. Yeah. Make it a have, horror, though. Have Rob Zombie direct oh. it. Oh. That would be or genius. Like, yeah. Just take out the comedy altogether. Or, or like, let Rob Zombie do a horror comedy. Oh. He's done them before. He did an animated cartoon called uh, El Super Bisto. Mm. That's, I think, I think the artist is the guy that did Ren and Stimpy. And it's How are insane. we back it's, to this? It's about a luchadore <laughs> character that, like, is a wrestler slash porn star slash he fights monsters. It's great. I loved every minute of it. Anyways... Nothing But Trouble, redone by Rob Zombie in that style. I'm on board. Okay. I could get on board with that. But we get these out, fish out of water characters, these New York socialites that get dragged to this. They get arrested by John Candy, who actually plays a good cop. Yeah. Like, he upholds the law. He's lawful neutral. And, yeah. Oh, God, we're going a lot of d and Yeah, what's with your D&D thing? I know you want us I, to play it, I'm but... just quarantined, and I need Fantasy World, or else I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's it. We should watch the D&D movies after this. No. Um, anyways. No. <laughs> he, he gets... He follows the law because that's the rules. Yeah. Um, but then, like, he's not a bad person. He's no. actually pretty reasonable the entire time. We, and it turns out he's the grandson of this, like, judge yeah. that's just, you know, it's his way or death, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I really... This John movie, Candy also plays... This movie was actually very progressive because it points out that, you know, law enforcement might need a little bit of regulation at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, you it need does to oversight. A... Really, this is Who Watches the Watchmen. This is a sequel to Alan Moore's <laughs> 1986 comic book. Uh... It yeah. really does kind of make an explosive point at the end with that. Yeah, like small town sheriffs run amok. Um, oh, good pun. Good pun. <laughs> there is an explosion at the end of this movie. Thank she, you. Thank you, You should Kevin. see that smugness right now. Just, I wondered how long it was going to oh, take it's you. It's hard to breathe in here. There's so much smug. Um, so, so anyways, they get pulled over for missing a stop sign. And they try to outrun the cops. In his Beamer that has the most up-to-date GPS oh, system. Did you feel like this was product placement for Beamer oh, at a certain point? OMG. It was. Look at what my Beamer can do. Look at it what. It had my... GPS? Yeah. It had a built-in cell a phone. Cell phone, yeah. It had a touch screen? Yeah. I was like, this is bullshit. Has Beamer been hiding this from us for years? <laughs> I mean, it was all I mean, fairly analog. In but... 1991, my mind was blown that cars would have, like, windows that you didn't have to hand crank. <laughs> my mom got a car with one. I was like, oh, are we rich, mom? <laughs> I didn't realize we were living that good. <laughs> but he's got a touchscreen GPS. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Not fair. But yeah, this was an, like, first 20 minutes of movie advertisement for a BMW car. Yeah. 
And for Demi Moore's legs. Yeah, which they looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and she's a person I never got the appeal of because I don't think I was in the right age group. But yeah. I was like, oh, I she get it. Pretty. They, they didn't have internet porn back then. You had to, like, <laughs> nothing but trouble might have been for some people. They're just like, this is the only reason why this is getting sold on VHS. <laughs> and for the fashionistas that listen to this podcast, which I'm sure there are a plethora of, uh, she is not wearing a dress. It is, in fact, like a jumper. A romper. Yeah. She's wearing a romper she's, the whole time. Yeah. And it, but she's still got the pearls, and she always has perfectly orange-red lipstick. Oh, it that color that was only popular in the early 90s. It was almost neon. Yeah, it just, it never looks good. Yeah. Um, they have that. So they're arrested. They get, they find out that the judge has an issue with bankers because his family was swindled at one point while he was fighting the Germans <laughs> in World War One. Yes. So he's very old. Yeah. He, they say he's 106. Yeah. And um, Chevy Chase isn't really a banker. He's a financial publisher. Publisher. But doesn't matter so they get thrown into jail and uh they start discovering that the judge usually sentences people to death yes and we find this out because we get another arrest because this is what made me feel like sketches mm -hmm. each arrest is treated like its own sketch sequence. oh like the um, cadence of it yeah it, it like if it would be a recurring snl like Fit. here's judge jp reeves isn't it yeah um and the, like, wackiness of his court, because the first one is Chevy Chase, the banker. The second one is we get an appearance by a Baldwin. Yes, Billy, I think. Yeah. One of the lesser Baldwins. <laughs> um, and they make fun of the judge because they're stereotypical, like, gangsters. Yeah. And he sentences them to death by putting them on that Rube Goldberg murder machine called Mr. Bone Stripper. Yeah. And my favorite part about this is not only like the insanity of a roller coaster that ends with like a through a fun house mouth, clown mouth. Yeah. That's supposed to strip off all the flesh from the bone. But it also has its own theme song that plays. <laughs> so I just, I can't imagine like this is supposed to be in this rural small town where nothing happens except for what this judge is doing. He's composing a heavy metal song. Which we find out he has excellent piano skills in the next sketch. True. Yeah. And then eventually later we get a third sketch and you rule a three joke. Banker gets sentenced to basically life in that town or death. Gangsters get sentenced to life or death. And then uh, what is that? Did, was it Digital, Digital Underground? Underground? Digital Underground gets arrested and you think, oh, Which they're going to get Which is a hip hop group. Yeah. They're so going to get sentenced to death. You would know them from the Humpty Dance. I, I wouldn't, but you did tell me that, yeah. And uh, then also a young Tupac is yes, in the band. Which, which that was me. I was watching it and I was like, dude, was that Tupac Shakur that was just singing? And Kevin like flips up his phone real quick and looks and he's like, it was Tupac. And he sounded beautiful. Well, I mean, Tupac got talent. Yeah. Uh, he looked so sweet and young. Yeah. It was kind of sad little bit maybe that's since we don't really know what happened maybe he got sentenced yeah maybe he by went the back judge. to the town but anyways you think oh well these guys for sure are gonna get killed which i'm like oh that makes me feel bad I'm like, yeah there's some some assumptions being made there about where well, the progressivism was in the 90s to but... be fair though like all of the other people had been killed yeah. or, so over silly things well not so silly things with the gangsters 
But he makes them perform a musical act. And of course you think, oh, they're going to perform a hip hop number. Yeah. The judge is not going to like this. Oh, oh no. no. He loves it. There's he backup loves it. dancers. We get a musical number in the middle of this horror comedy that is just weird. It was very weird. Also, well I, had, done. I had never heard that song from Digital Underground. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I also love that the song is basically about wearing a condom. Oh, I wasn't listening to the yeah, lyrics. I was just... <laughs> He like three totally times flabbergasted. How he only puts on his Jimmy hat. Is that? And it? then one of the guys throws condoms in the air like confetti. He spreads condoms like joy, which is spread like confetti. I I spread kindness like confetti. Okay. You did it wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot your bullshit catchphrase. <laughs> it means something. That to means me. nothing because you shouldn't just throw confetti at people. <laughs> You shouldn't throw condoms at people either. That feels mean. <laughs> Unless they need them. Yeah, but you can hand them. You don't have to be like, ha surprise condom. <laughs> what if your BFF is getting ready to get funky in another room and they text you and they're like, I need a condom, but you don't want to see what's going on. So you chuck condoms at them through the doorway. You're suggesting I do it the same way I throw toilet paper to somebody that needs it in the bathroom. <laughs> I Just mean, the blind pitch. It, seems, it seems both awkward situations would call for that. Look, if my buddy's getting freaky in the next room, I'm also going to be like, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> Who's in there with you? Where's my wife? Uh, also, bruh, like, this is a weird conversation. You should be prepared. <laughs> We're in our 30s. <laughs> you always should have safety planned. I think you'd be very worried if I all of a sudden just showed up with condoms in my wallet. I mean, that's true. I can't just be like, oh, Brie, I was a Boy Scout as a child. Uh, <laughs> be prepared. You never know when this might be necessary. And you're like, I think you should know, Kevin. <laughs> it's never going to be necessary for you. So anyways, back to the movie. Uh, yeah. Enough about our, uh, our practicing no. safe sex. <laughs> uh, so, and also, oh... Missed opportunity. You have John Candy, comedy and he legend. Really wasn't in it all that much. No, and he's he was so amazing as a, a comedian. I mean, just his timing. He's he's just one of those guys that's got like charisma on stage. I mean, Chevy mm -hmm. Chase has it too. Yeah, but... but Chevy Chase always comes off. It's funny in like National Lampoon movies. He's just this put upon. Like I relate to him because he's. Just, I kind of get it. Like you mm -hmm. want everything to be perfect, and he, it keeps getting screwed up. That neuroticness. Every other movie I've seen him in, he's just a dick. Yeah. Um, I think that comes through for his yeah. actual personality. Yeah. And, and so he's, but he, you know, he's got that charisma. I'll still watch him in things. Yeah. I still liked him in Community and other stuff I've seen him, seen him in. But you have John Candy and you choose not to really have John Candy mm -hmm. do anything funny. Yeah. He like, kind of was the straight man, yeah, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have him as the foil to every other out there or absurd character. Except for Aldona. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> this is, again, one of those missed things. Yes. So they decide to have John Candy in drag as Aldona. His twin sister. Best mechanic in five states. Yeah. As his sister, yeah. I feel like she actually got more of a backstory than he did. And she gets more screen time yeah. than him. <laughs> but they don't have her speak because I don't know if they couldn't have John Candy do a falsetto. I mean, he, it, she occasionally was like, hmm. Uh, it felt, it just felt amateurish. Like, again. Yeah. 
it's uh it's friday we got a show on saturday night yep <laughs> that's live uh, we need something <laughs> okay we'll put john candy and dragon we'll just run with it it was it was not great um it was a missed i mean he did a good job as her i thought he i mean he he had a lot of good facial expressions well he had to because they didn't want to let them yeah. let him talk or anything so um but anyways she falls in love with chevy chase's character and um, the judge's punishment to Chevy Chase's character is, uh, you have to marry Aldona or I kill you, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's how most marriage sentences work. <laughs> um, and she seems to really care for him. And she's devastated when she figures out that he doesn't actually want her. Yeah. And uh, love, love hurts. Yeah. It was, that was kind of a little bit sad to yeah. see and it is i mean i guess they've killed a lot of people i don't really yeah. feel like me having sympathy for john wayne gacy <laughs> little no. sad clown no but she it almost feels like she's kept away from that kind of part of it though i'm wondering who you think built mr flesh ripper oh oh or, sorry bone <gasps> stripper oh no because she's a good mechanic yeah who do you think made the uh Oh. What are they, what's the machine that's like the greater team? Oh. That's four like plow blades. Yep, that was her. Set up like Never a mind. She's a bad person. I just said guillotine two different ways. Cool. <laughs> guillotine, guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bree's having a moral realization. I am. That like, oh no, the person that does make the murder machine <laughs> is, is the murderer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, words are funny. <laughs> so anyways, Chevy Chase is like dealing with all this crap inside the house, whereas Demi Moore is outside the house and she runs into Bobo and Little Devil. Oh, two like Hanna-Barbera characters oh, brought they... to life. I oh. mean, just... Again, I, there's sometimes where you just watch a movie and you're like, somebody loved this so much to yeah. go through hours of prosthetic work. I mean, like when they're running, their bellies, there's two just gross. Oh, like baby, adult babies. Adult babies are wearing diapers. They aren't completely idiots, but like they're very much doing, it feels like bits. Yeah. Um, and one of them was Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but it's like how, like when they run, their bellies jiggle. Like, how do you endure that much amount of what I assume is prosthetic work? Yeah, fat suit. Yeah, like terrible conditions and hot. Because yeah, you believe you're like this will be worth it. People are gonna watch this and love Bobo and Little Devil. Yeah, no, they were scary. I think there were a couple scenes. I know that I talked in the intro about how I had remember having a sense of like foreboding in several of the in at least one of the scenes, but that yes, you're tapping your nose and that's so. I have to share this because it, it two, made me. There's two nose parts it, it that made me, made me very uncomfortable. Oh god, this made me laugh so hard. So there's a scene where they're all sitting around eating dinner, a la uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a scene where the the family in the Texas Chainsaw Chain. chain Words. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Family in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> He's tripping over his words to tell you how cool this was. <laughs> yeah, where they eat and they make like their victims eat with them. We get a similar scene in this. I don't know if they, Dan Aykroyd was intentionally doing it. I appreciate you saying that because I did not know that because I haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, I'm not watching it. Why? Don't give me that look. <laughs> oh, man. Do you ever? Oh, I saw the one with Jared Padalecki, but not oh, the original one. That's a thing that doesn't count. Yeah. Uh -oh. Um... 
No. Anyways, so Anyways, they're sitting around this dinner yeah, table. Sitting around this dinner table, and they're eating hot dogs, and they're the oh, grossest it's hot dogs. So I mean, they're gross. gray. They've still got the, the, the sausage strings on them. <laughs> yeah, and there's a train of condiments going around, and Dan Aykroyd's this old an old man prosthetic makeup that is just gross. It's so gross. Um, and he take has he takes a bite, and he's telling everyone to take a bite, but then it cuts to Chevy Chase. Looks Making back a at, comment who looks back, and he looks back at Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd, the tip of his nose has turned into a penis. The tip of a penis. Yeah. And it's only for, like, maybe a second. His, his, his schnoz is a dong. Yeah, they changed the prosthetic just to have a penis joke in there. Yeah. And it happens twice in that movie. Yeah. At least that I counted. It almost is like, do is that... Like, do we need to go back and track? No, whenever he I'm gets never dick watching schnoz, this movie again. Like, turn it into a drinking game. Every time you see penis nose, you take a shot. <laughs> um, but anyways, so what I laughed is there's a scene where he's like cramming this hot dog in his mouth. Condiments are everywhere. The hot dog's like wriggling. Brie is gagging. I am. Um, I obviously. I'm so sorry for people that have really like gag reflexes yeah, that are listening. Either that or somebody's getting real into this. They're like, oh my god, this is an ASMR podcast. Oh, stop. It's delightful. <laughs> uh, anyways, she's just choking, and I'm like, oh my god, that guy's nose turned into a dick, and she's like, oh, it's always been a dick, and I was like, no, no, it hasn't. So I go back. <laughs> And I accidentally go back too far. Oh, and I make her rewatch the scene. Oh, it's so awful. <laughs> and you think she'd know it's coming. It gets better. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. She loses her shit again. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> He's so mean. <laughs> oh, anyways, dick knows. Yeah. Again, this is one of those jobs where I'm like, somebody made that prosthetic. Yeah. Somebody has to go home. And when their family asks him, what did you do today at work? He has to lie. Cause you don't tell your family like, hey, how'd you put this food on the table? And he's like, I made a dick nose, okay? I crafted <laughs> a dick schlong. Yeah, shut up and eat your steak, okay? My dick nose paid for that meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was, uh, I just, I, I if you, I, I'm going to give a little spoiler. I would not recommend this movie to anyone <laughs> at all. <laughs> Required viewing. <laughs> uh, do you feel like after you've seen this that you understand the last podcast on the left guys a little bit better i appreciate where they come from <laughs> uh, this is i think the first time we've watched one of those movies that is like quote unquote so bad it's good yeah i've actually agreed with the so bad it's good like association because <laughs> this movie just again I can tell Dan Aykroyd loves this. Yeah. And this is a movie that gives me like insight into him as a person. Mm-hmm. That I'm also like, oh, we disagree fundamentally on what we find amusing. Yeah. Like where the funny is and things. But there's a purity in his vision. I'm like, I respect it. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, it's. It's a weird movie. I don't know. It is. I don't I, know who it was really made for, honestly. I do have to say, I very much appreciated the sets. I mean, they went no holds bar on all of the sets. They looked like they were fully realized. The sets, the cast. Yeah. I mean, even they had some, like, Big, impressive names yeah. for throwaway scenes. Yeah. I mean... Uh, the final scene involves, they go back, Demi Moore and Chevy Chase go back to the mansion, and they have all these cops here, and the two cops that are, like, leading the thing, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure are fa fairly prominent actors as police. Yeah. 
I mean, it, they're names. I don't remember they're, they're their names. People, yeah, they, but they'd be people you'd recognize. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, that person's been in this as a cop. Yeah. And so then, like, again, they just have names in this. And it's not like names before they were big. They were in the midst of Yeah. Like, Dan fame. Aykroyd's a big name at this point. So is Chevy Chase. So yeah. is Demi Moore. I mean, oh, maybe Demi Moore is just starting, but I don't know. I don't remember the bell curve of that career. Yeah. Um, but, you know, John Candy is still in the height of his mm-hmm. his popularity. I mean, it's just, it's, so it's just weird to me how it's like you have all these people and this is what got produced. Yeah. I also wonder how Dan Aykroyd convinced all of them to be on it. I mean, people must really love Dan Aykroyd. They, you know, it must have been, they're like, you know, one day, Dan, you're going to own a company that makes vodka in the shape of crystal skulls. <laughs> we want a cut of that. We want in on that gravy train. Yeah, I, I don't know. It may, somebody owes him a favor. He knows where some bodies are buried. <laughs> Something happened. I do have to say one of my favorite characters in this movie was the um, valet. And it turns out that's Dan Aykroyd's brother in real life, Peter. Yeah. And he did a great job. Like He, he actually wrote this. And Dan oh. Aykroyd did the screenplay. Oh, gotcha. So it was a an Aykroyd Brothers production. Yeah. And I mean, it felt... If this would have come out five, six years later, mm-hmm. um, I think it probably would have been more popular. In comedy, because that would have been... been the, more absurd. Well, I think also you would have had like the Far- Farley brothers doing some of the gross-out comedies with like something about Mary. Is it Farley like or is it Farley? I don't. Farley brothers. Oh, okay. Farley is Chris. And, oh, Chris Farley. Gotcha. Yeah, but um, you know, stuck on you. Some of those like gross-out comedies mm. I think that were really popular in that window before we transitioned to like the Judd Apatow, yeah, improv comedy type things. Um, so I wonder if this movie is just a little bit ahead of it, the curve. To yeah. find a, a market, but also it's just like, eh. Again, it's a six-minute sketch or a series of six-minute sketches yeah. that get pushed into a full movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, it ends with this whole thing is set in a coal mining town that has been stripped bare. And at the beginning, it says, watch out for potholes. Uh, sinkholes. Sinkholes. Potholes could just be anywhere on I-5. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle burn. (laughs) (laughs) That was regionally specific. (laughs) Um, And so they, Demi Moore and uh, Chevy Chase come back with like this full on battalion of cops and army and police and blah, blah. And they're all smug walking up to the door, like thinking they're going to get this judge in trouble for all the murders he's committed over the years. And they get all happy, and then it pans back to all the cops. This probably 50, 50 to 100, right? Quite a bit. Uh, and they're all a like, hassle. Yes. They all look at the judge and they're like, hey, judge, like in this really Mayberry, like town wave kind of thing. And then, of course, Chevy and Demi are, are. Like, what the heck is going on? And they make this throwaway line about how, well, we like that he can do the things that we can't get away with. Yeah, he he takes care of crime. Yeah. Which I'm like, does he? I mean, <laughs> he just kills people, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does, but it, like, is there that much traffic through Valkavania? Yeah. Uh, also, I kind of laughed because the more you talked about it... Um, 
it reminded me of Hot Fuzz, which... I love Hot Fuzz. Don't put these in the infinitely same superior thing. Movie, but like a similar plot beat about like, oh, this cleans up the town. Yeah, crusty but... jugglers. <laughs> yes. For the greater good. Okay, we are not going to go run through every <laughs> line that Hot you Fuzz. put in Hot Fuzz at each other randomly. Uh, the audience doesn't need to have that peek into our lives. Just um, go watch it. It's so good. It's way better than this. <laughs> harsh. <laughs> way better. But also, I love like, then why isn't Valkavania like a pristine, perfect town? Right. It's a trash, trash city. Yeah. And also like there's a scene where there's bikers that are like just openly drinking alcohol well, maybe it's not bikes. illegal there. I, well, but but that's a DUI. <laughs> like, well, but they weren't going anywhere. They were just sitting on their bikes outside the bar. Wow, that feels pedantic. It's, I'm just saying. Well, the car's not moving. Like, I haven't driven yet, officer. <laughs> can't can't preventatively prevent anything. Well, preventatively prevent anything. Ooh, day two of quarantine. Not going great. <laughs> we rolled over into the new day, so we can count it. Um... So, Brie, cover art, how'd it match what we got? Um, I think it was pretty spot on. There was no vulture. There wasn't one. Although I anticipate in a salvage yard, there probably was one. You're implying salvage yards aren't sterile? <laughs> that is <Wow>. correct. <laughs> Check your biases, Brie. <laughs> So, um, no, I thought I for the years that it was released, I feel like it was a very on-point cover. Um, I'm honestly shocked, a little disappointed. Cover does not feature Bobo or Little Devil. That's true. It didn't. I mean, you could tell Dan Aykroyd was like, these will become the next Cabbage Patch Kids. I mean, I they seemed more that they were kind of surprise characters because they didn't even come into play until over halfway through the movie. Well, they're not allowed in the house, and most of the movie's set in the house. That's true. Context clues, Brie. <laughs> That's a good point, Kevin. Apparently, I missed a lot of subtlety that was in yeah. this movie. <laughs> I mean, also, they had vagina faces. No, I'm just kidding. No, no they did not. <laughs> That would be a second movie that we saw, a prosthetic vagina, and I really don't need to see that. Oh, yeah. We don't need that to be a running theme in our movie. <laughs> An unintentional running theme. <laughs> recommend movies to us where fake vaginas and penises are used. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I don't I don't think it could really change this cover. Yeah. Um, I would maybe suggest a title change, because nothing but trouble tells me nothing about it. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to sell on, but... Yeah. That's all right. So anything else? Last thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, only that you can find us on Insta Instagram and Twitter. Uh, now but who's having word I, problems? Apparently me. I was mid-stretch and then I felt like you threw me the line and I was, I was caught unawares. <laughs> so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at By Its Cover Pod. Please feel free to recommend uh, any movies because this quarantine's going to last a long time and you're going to get probably a lot of content from us. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, if you're like, hey, check this movie out, we will watch it. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> just throw us movies because we're. I don't want to go to the second page of like Netflix. I don't want to <laughs> see what's there, so I need you guys to do I mean, we will. Me. we will screen them for if we have seen them before because... I do love bad movies. I'm not, okay lying to you. People. Not this bad movie, though. <laughs> this was not good. So you're saying nothing but nothing but trouble? Yes. Anything but nothing but trouble? 
What would be a sequel title for this movie? The Trouble's Here. <laughs> Sometimes there's trouble. I don't know. I'd have to think on that. Double Trouble can't be used because that's a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. Nothing but Double Trouble? Uh, uh, Cabin. Make it a double nothing but trouble? No, we're stopping now. <laughs> we're Bobo, also... Bobo and Little, Little Double's Big Day? <laughs> that one's actually really Bobo good. and Little Double Take New York. Boom. Done. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, Kevin, where can we find you in your comedy? <laughs> nowhere, nowhere right now. Uh, nowhere right now. <laughs> Gosh dang, quarantine. Yeah, uh, no, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Kevin at underscore egg. You can find me on Facebook at Kevin Eggleston. I'm probably going to be putting out some videos of clips just to remember what it felt like to have audiences laugh. <laughs> Um, so I laugh. Me, you do laugh. I know you, I'm not multitudes of people. You though. have a beautiful laugh. It Aww. is like what I imagine angels would laugh like. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Now we've made this all schmoopy. On that end. note. On that note, we are out of here until next time. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.